One month ago, we open to a dark interior. Silhouettes form shapes suggesting the furniture of a living room. In the upper right corner of the panel, a jagged and bright sound effect, crash, catches the eye. From around what almost appears to be a door are words in a much darker font. Click, click, clack. The next panel is as dim as the first. Perceptive eyes may note what appears to be a window curtain, now displaced by wind, that the door to this room has been opened, and that standing in the doorway is the vague outline of a person with some sort of long, slim object slung over their shoulder. A speech bubble extends from them, shouting to the room, I'm sick of these games! If you have answers, you're gonna talk! Tonight! What follows is a panel, same as the last, minus the speech bubble. The next is much the same, save for a singular sigh from the figure in the doorway. Afterwards, we find ourselves a close-up. The figure has flicked on the lights, and we see, clearly, the person we know will become Splice. Short, straight black hair, tired eyes, a dented baseball bat on his shoulder. But we don't only find Splice in this panel, but also clap, clap, clap from the lower left corner. We now see the room illuminated. Indeed, a living room, it boasts only the finest assortment of expensive furnishings and decorative taste. The skyline view of the room's only visible window confirms this to be an apartment. In an armchair sits the conductor, dressed in a fine midnight blue suit. He looks at Splice with pride and anticipation. Care for a drink, Spencer? Spencer smashes his baseball bat against some fancy countertop display, and in the same panel shouts, I'm done playing games! He points the bat at the conductor. The world's a fucking joke. You think you can explain it, or am I gonna have to give this room a new coat of paint? Explain it. Spencer, you already know the answers. But yes, I'll reaffirm these notions for you. As you've expected, the world has fallen victim to script. The narrative is predetermined, and the paths that most people walk are only their own because it was laid out to be theirs. One panel. Spencer lowers the bat he has pointed at the conductor. Slightly. Now tell me, Spencer. In a world of cause and effect, are you satisfied with the motion that's been given to you? Of course not. You wouldn't be standing here if you were. Spencer lowers his weapon completely. Even if that were true, why, why does it, does it seem, seem like I'm like the, only the only one, only noticing? one noticing? To understand that, you must understand the roles given to the people of this world. You have the scenery, barely functional individuals that perform in the background to give the world the illusion of substance and depth. The conductor is standing in this panel, leaning on the black walking cane he carries. He stands taller than Splice. 
Next, you have those cast as heroes, who are nothing more than puppets dancing on their strings in accords with whatever make-believe philosophy they use to feel powerful. The conductor is standing only a few steps away from Splice. Who do you think actually has the capabilities to change the world? Ostracized, spats upon, discarded for their ambitions. The music makers are the villains, Spencer. And you are but one enlightenment away from realizing your potential. I don't, I don't want to live in a world like that, says Splice, as we see him take a step backwards, away from the conductor. You can have the power to change the world, Spencer. It all begins with assembling cohorts, obtaining power, and then prodding at this reality's fragile foundation. The conductor follows Splice, using his walking cane to keep Splice from backing out of the room. Just know that when villains rise, so too do heroes. It's in the code. But if you take this first step... If you think and act for yourself, if you question the boundaries of this setting, you will free yourself. And yes, the heroes may win that day, but you will find that there's oh so much to be gained in loss. The conductor holds out an open hand to Splice, who watches him with wide eyes. Splice's posture is one of uncertainty of fear, of being backed into a corner. He has already been defeated. Let me lead you to defining your own destiny. I guess we could open the door. We just can't go in there. I'll, I'll step away, but I'll say, you can't go in there. And I'll point at them. Todd's going to go up to the door and open it and go inside. As soon as he starts walking in there, I grab him by the back of his shirt and pull him back. You don't go in there. So as Todd's opening the door, there's like a thought bubble from Recharge that says, oh, that was easy. Sky was thinking that this should not, like... That that doesn't add up. So she wants to know it's there, but she doesn't want to break the rules, so nobody goes in there. And then I guess as she grabs the, like, uh, scruff. <laughs> yeah, the scruff of uh, Todd's neck. Uh, Recharge is just going to slip under her arm and go in. Zoop. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she looks furious. There is fire in her eyes. You should get that. You should get that checked out. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the enthusiasm, but if you open the door, there's some stuff I can tell you right off the bat because it's an office. So it's I figured. I figured. <laughs> uh, okay. We can. Um, do you want to reset that? Let me. Let let's me see reset if I can that. Let's reset. It. Let's reset that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let Hi. let us actually reset that. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Take two. Take two. I'm trying to figure out the best good I can do in this situation. And I kill them all. <laughs> That's definitely not it. <laughs> no, what you do is you try to fill your doom track as quickly as possible to summon your doom to this situation. 
Knowing my luck, all that would happen is that it would pull me out into an alternate dimension and I would disappear. I feel like that happened already in another game. It's a common theme. Hey Splice, what's your power? Oh, I give people animal characteristics. Okay. <laughs> that seems kind of dumb. Well, now you have gills on land. Yeah, get fucked, loser. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's an animal characteristic of deep sea fish? No eyes. <laughs> you know what's an animal characteristic of slugs? Sprinkle salt on you, you shrivel up. <laughs> yeah, in, in reality, Splice may be one of the most dangerous villains of all time. All of a sudden, you have a light on your head. Especially in a Landed. system with no uh, boostable role to resist powers. <laughs> with no mechanic, no real mechanics to speak of. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so like, I can inflict gills on Alex's character. What I can't do is say that because of this, Alex immediately dies. It's, it's so incredibly hard to die in this game. Well, it's all for Back. the story. Right, because it's all dying for the story. In the story. Okay, cool. That's bad. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I heard a little bit of that. I can't wait for the episode where we all get turned into uh, sea creatures. Yeah, it'll be great. The uh, can I have pincers? <laughs> splice strikes back. Like a crab. I'll I be guess. an anglerfish. Uh, mm -hmm. I want crab claws. <laughs> As like this dude just hasn't had time to react or do anything. Oh yeah, the three of you just like perfectly in sync. Dominate this guy. My hobby. Uh, and leave that out of the podcast, Seth. Thanks. <laughs> but how else do I get the um, awkward, lusty fan mail? That'll, it'll come eventually. <laughs> and it's not the only thing that's going to come eventually. Hello, Internet! Mr. Critically Occurs popping in right before we get to the real action of the final issue of Volume 1 to say, hey, we've been doing a giveaway, and we have some winners. Surprise, surprise. I'm going to mostly use Twitter handles for this announcement to make life easy for me and for everyone. So, our first place winner, a longtime friend of mine, so psyched that he won, super supportive consistently throughout our entire podcast, Twitter handle at RoyB underscore don't die. Congratulations, you've won a Masks core book and a set of diehard dice. Our four runner-ups are as follows. From Discord particularly, Lawnojo, congratulations. And then swing on back over to Twitter, we have at ES underscore pattycake, at mamadragon89, and last but certainly not least, at deoxiareo. Congratulations, the four of you have also won Die Hard Dice. I'll be in touch with all of our winners probably the day after this issue releases to discuss giving you what you deserve. But hey, this may be the end of Volume 1, but we have so much more planned for the future. So if you're not already doing it, please, I implore you, make sure that you're following us on Twitter, leave us some comments on some issues, leave a review on iTunes, that helps a ton, and we would love to hear from fans about the creative work that we're producing. Also, join us on Discord. We are trying to do so much there. Get weekly tabletop games going. We stream movies every Friday. We stream anime every Saturday. I have a choose-your-own-adventure set in Vampire the Masquerade going on the Discord. 
join us, hang out, make some new friends, get involved in a hobby that, if you're listening to this, I know you enjoy or would want to enjoy. Anyways, enough talking. Let's get to the final issue of Volume 1, issue number 15, NMH. So, Seraph, I think while Sky Valor has this uh, call with Secretary Hoditz, you, with your many eyeballs, see out the window of the mayor's office that overlooks uh, Horizon City Center. And what you see is the crowd is gathered around. The crowd is as big as it'll ever be. It's a huge, huge crowd at City Center listening to the mayor give a speech. Um, you know it's the mayor at the podium for the broad shoulders and the muscular features that you can even see from up here. The flexing. And, yeah, the flexing. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, that carries on the wind all the way up to you that your many not ears hear. Shortly thereafter, the tarp that's covering this monument um, that was going to be unveiled during the ceremony flies off. It's pulled off as a big unveiling. And that's when the crowd just starts freaking out. You see people pulling back. You see people like home alone, screaming, hands on their cheeks, just yelling out. It's uh, it, it quickly devolves into chaos down on ground level. But you can't see what's going on. You only see the back of the monument, which the monument itself seems to be three individuals. Um, or the backs of three individuals that, from their features, you can distinguish to be the trifecta. The three heroes, the three major heroes of Horizon City. But you're only seeing the back of the monument, and whatever the crowd's reacting to must be at the front. Well, Seraph's going to point out the window and just say, Um, Miss Valor, you should probably get out there. What? Uh, can I call Greg? Yeah, um, you, you buzz Greg, and... Like, it, it rings several times, and then, after several rings, it goes, Hey! Hey, bud. Well, uh, You've reached Greg's voicemail. Uh, Leave a message, and I'll get right back I to you. I hate that he does that. Hey, bud. Uh, I need an update on what's going on on ground floor. Call me back ASAP. And while all of this is going on, back at Robbie and Todd, Robbie is just like, Do, do you think they're ever going to come back for you? Should I drag you over to the room? Are they your friends? Text out, look and see if they beat them. If they did, have them fix me, exclamation marks. He glances over his shoulder, and then he looks back and says, uh, they're not fighting anymore. Yeah, you, like, uh, Robbie at least can clearly see me standing in the doorway. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right, you're in the doorway. So instead of looking back and saying that, Robbie looks back. And just, like, yells out down the hall, Hey! Uh, you! Uh, he still gills help? Are they done fighting? I will sort of, I guess, come out of the background then. <laughs> <laughs> you walk out of the background of the panel in the mayor's office and go into the foreground of the panels in the hallway. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, but something seems to be happening. So give us just a moment and we'll get this sorted out, hopefully. 
And then Robbie looks back at Todd and he's he go he's about to say everything that Tate said. And then he goes, oh, but you, you heard that probably, right? He's going to nod his head. Yes. Going to take a big breath and he's going to start. He's going to get up and start heading into the room. Oh, Robbie helps you run. <laughs> he holds on to you and it's this awkward running motion, but he helps you get there. Uh, Tate, you see this kid and uh, Gil Todd <laughs> charging down the hall. Just thought bubble of we need to get him a bowl. <laughs> but, but the thought bubble isn't text. It's actually just a picture of Todd, like a cartoon picture of Todd yes. wearing. <laughs> we- like wearing a fishbowl over his head. Right. With like a question mark. Like, will that work? <laughs> yeah. I So while all that weird stuff was happening to Todd and Todd and Robbie are heading towards the room, I think that Seraph drew Sky Valor's attention to the window to see all the stuff that was going on outside. I believe I said you should get out there. Okay. Does the window open? So the the window doesn't open. It's like a, a wall that's just made of windows and they don't actually open. So it's a hazard. So while you're trying to figure out exactly what you want to do, Todd, you are helped into this room. Tate, you watch him go in. Maybe you follow him behind him. Are you just going straight over to Splice, who's just like, he's he's basically, since everyone has moved to the window at this point, he's basically just sitting in the mayor's chair. Yep, I'm just going to point at my throat. Chris, I just want to clarify, I'm still standing on the desk, so I assume I'm like on top of the desk standing over him. I was still watching him as the other two moved over. Yeah, okay, that's fine. You're watching over him, but he is physically free, but he's not he's not fighting. Yeah. He he takes a seat in the chair. Well, if he if he does decide to fight again, he's going to get like a Luke Kang kick from the top of the desk. Yeah, which is probably <laughs> one of the strongest reasons why he's not going to put up a fight anymore. And you is a recharge you see and hear Todd and Robbie walk in and head straight over to Splice. Todd, you point at your throat? Yep, pointing at my throat. Just mouthing the words fix me. Splice uh, takes a deep breath and it's kind of like a deep annoyed breath and just nods and he uh, reaches out and grabs your throat rather firmly and there's kind of a uh, little bit of a burning sensation. But then you can start breathing air perfectly fine. As he grabs the throat, recharge will say easy. He uh, Splice just mutters, yes, I know, hero. Don't worry. I know when I'm beaten. Dick! When he's done, he just lets go and he reclines in the chair. I bop him in the nose. I, I think there's a moment where he, like, puts his hands on the arms of the chair like he's going to get up and do something about it, but he immediately thinks better of it and totally doesn't. Recharge will hop down off the desk and kind of put a hand on Todd's shoulder and just say, he surrendered. Yeah, that was for him trying to fucking kill me. Fair, but let's not take it further than that. No, I got my payback. And Splice just kind of, like, scowls at you a little bit, but uh, he's not doing anything. And I think that since everyone's in this room, and this is kind of a big deal, I'm assuming everyone's kind of interested in what's going on. Yeah. Fair assumption. Yeah. Yeah, Todd's just going to be like, what's everyone looking at? And walk over to the window. I'm keeping an eye on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get up to the window without being close to Seth. So to repaint the scene... The, the windows that encompass the entire wall at the forefront of the mayor's office look out upon city center, and the, the crowd is clearly reacting to something that's on the fronts of this monument for the trifecta that has just been revealed. And in one way or another, every character's attention is drawn 
to this spectacle. Tate, what you notice is as everyone's attention is kind of split or diverted, you, you can see that in the mayor's chair, Splice isn't nearly as distracted by the spectacle, by everything that's going on. And he might be seeing that this is a as best of an opportunity to make a villainous escape as could be. Like, he scoots back in the chair a little bit, very slowly at first. And you can tell that's, that if he's going to escape, it's probably going to be soon. Like, if he's going to try to escape, it's probably going to be at this juncture. Seraph, you notice something weird, something peculiar. Your attention is focused everywhere because you have so many eyes. But for whatever reason, you you hone in on the weirdest thing of all of this. And from somewhere in front of this monument, something small, very small and very shiny, rockets into the air and launches off into the distance. Sky Valor, what you notice from the situation is that shortly after the crowd's response to whatever they're looking at, it quickly devolves into chaos. The crowd gets rowdy. People try to run away from the monument. Some people step over other people. It's hectic. It's chaotic. And you see Mayor Carmichael like trying to talk to the crowd and trying to direct them and security detail down there are trying to keep people restrained. But there's just so many people here and there's so many people freaking out that it's not only chaotic, it's dangerous down there and no one has a firm grasp on it. Recharge. You notice not what's going down on the ground necessarily, But in the air, well above the crowds, even above where you guys are standing, you've probably hopped off the uh, mahogany desk by this point um, for one reason or another. You, You see a figure hovering in the sky looking down and you you recognize her. It's Andromeda of the trifecta. And she seems to be watching what's going on below. And you see she's not reacting well like her her fist is clenched and she's beginning to rush off not to deal with the crowd below but to rush off to deal with something else and you're not sure what but she's leaving the area last but not least Todd's after getting rid of your gills and checking in to see what everyone else is seeing you you see the spectacle below and the outrage and the outcry but there's something that everyone else overlooks something a small detail something that Todd, even Todd feels like no one else is probably paying attention to well down below in like right at the edge of an alley looking out at this chaos at this crowd at this outrage is a, a woman in like a uh, suit skirts with reddish hair she just seems to be watching everything go down and she stands out not for being necessarily weird or spectacular but she stands out in the fact of how easy it would be to overlook her and for whatever reason you notice she's there and you can't help but shake the feeling that she's there for a reason but you're not sure what 
It's a lot of information. Everyone has their own tidbits. What the party and what everyone does at this point is completely up to them. But there are things in motion and things that will go in motion regardless of how you act. And maybe you don't care about any of it, or maybe you do, but that's up to you. We can start with the person who's had the most time to think about all of this, Tate. What's up? For sure. So you said I see that he's about to make his escape. And so the tricky thing is we definitely want to stop him. But at the same time, I feel like he as he and what he has done seems less important than everything that's going on outside. I'm going to watch him as he leaves, but I want I'm hoping that he at least sees me and knows that I see him doing it and that I am making a conscious decision to let him go. And that totally happens. He backs away in the chair a little bit. And as everyone's watching out the window or as someone's like blocking Seraph's point of view, direct view, um, direct line of vision to splice, he uh, slides from the chair and very carefully steps and moves. And uh, Tate, you're basically probably still standing near the door. Maybe you're catching wind of what's going on below based on how everyone else is talking about it. And there is this moment where he looks at you and you look at him and neither of you say anything, but he keeps moving to the door. And I think at the point he gets to the door, he gives you a curious look. He he seems confused, but he, he does nod to you. I'd like to say as he passes, like just very quietly, just make sure there's no next time. He breaks his gaze from you and he says, destiny is a powerful thing. And he leaves. You see a thought bubble above Tate. Just like, destiny? Dot, 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 question mark. Then he'll actually walk up to the window with where everybody else is. Uh, here's a fun thing for you, Tate. You get influence over Splice. He was not expecting you to do that. That was definitely unexpected. All right. Yeah, the just in the look that you two shared, you can see that he seemed to like look at you in a new light when it became clear that you were letting him leave so congratulations yeah you may have let the villain escape for whatever that's worth but you you did get like kind of something on him out of it yeah and i'm I'm also trying to like balance the idea of you know using powers or being a destroyer versus like not and in this moment i feel like this is the least or like this is the best that he can do yeah I think that's super fair. I think that's a cool call. Um, I wasn't sure what you were going to do, but I like how that played out. As that's happening, Seraph, you you noticed something small, something shiny launch off into the distance. I also see the crowds freaking out and a potential stampede, right? You do also see the crowds freaking out, though the extent to which that I've given to Sky Valor... You're not privy to, but you can certainly be if you would like to make it like an assess a situation move. I absolutely would. Okay, great. Because that just helps frame Sarah's focus. Like he noticed this weird thing. But if you're telling me you want to do this move, that's like, oh, he's making an active effort to like be a hero, be a savior, do the good thing. And I like that. All right. Ten. Uh, you get to ask two questions and then I'll, I don't know, lead from those if necessary. So first I'll ask about the thing I noticed. Bright, shiny thing flying away. It's flown away? 
it was it was moving like it was something flying rather than something simply launched. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't thrown. It's something that seems to have a trajectory of its own. Right, but it's not like on a static trajectory. It seems to be you know moving under its own power. Yeah. Cool. Second question: um, Would the average person down below potentially be in danger given how people are reacting? I would say a hundred percent. I think that there is a real threat to just a crowd freaking out down there. Then I'm jumping through the window because I have to save my grandpa. Like closed window, I'm just going to be like, "Ah, oh, shit, grandpa!" and just jump through. <laughs> Do we get like a nice few panels of like the the breaking through the glass, the glass flying off, and you like spreading your wings or something? Yeah, I can't fly, but they've got to at least slow me down. You are 42 stories up. <laughs> I'm pretty tough. Okay. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> Sky, you, you got the information I gave to you about the, the crowd below being dangerous, being a threat to themselves, being something that the local authorities, local security can't contain on their own. And then immediately after you piece all that together, the window shatters as Seraph, this weird guy with tons of eyeballs over his body and weird wings breaks through the window and begins falling what do you want to do uh, i'll follow af follow after and fly down shortly after you begin flying down you realize that he's not flying he's just falling and he's falling fast i'll grab onto him awesome you can roll defend <laughs> <laughs> seven so on a seven you can save the person, but it costs you. You expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. Do you have any ideas of what that looks like if I say you can certainly catch him, but you're exposing yourself to danger somehow? Um, she's probably falling, like flying faster down. Maybe uh, Sky Valor catches the brunt of his fall damage, quote unquote, yeah. by doing so. Then what I would like to do is uh why don't you roll a take a powerful blow <laughs> roll for me which is 2d6 plus the number of conditions you currently have 10 on a 10 you can choose one from the top of that list provoke a teammate to foolhardly action what does that exactly entail uh it can entail yelling at him and telling him something or what he should do and what he should do may not be the best of choices for the current situation basically it's like you can think of it like irrationally taking out your aggression okay on sus all right i'll do that and struggle past the pain what two conditions are you marking maybe afraid and angry okay let's uh repaint the picture seraph launches out the window and begins plummeting Sky Valor, you see that there's a situation down the ground floor. Your teammate, question mark, has vaulted out the window and you rush out behind him, steadily realizing that although he has wings, he can't fly. How does that play out from there, considering that you end up afraid and angry and that you're going to basically chastise your teammate, <laughs> Seraph, and uh, suggest him into some foolhardy course of action? I'll be like, um, did you really just jump all out of the 42nd floor when you can't even fly and you're just left there falling you, you should you should just go home just go home i have this i can take care of it seraph how does that situation look from your end how the situation looks from my end is 
gosh, he's being mean. I jumped out the window. I probably would have been fine. My retort is, hey, I've been working on the flying. Maybe just let me fall next time. If you're going to be like that. Well, that was not the greatest time to work on it. Shouldn't you be off being a hero right now? With that, she'll she'll walk away from him. You guys part ways. <laughs> she'll walk away angrily. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Good. But both to do the same thing, deal with the crowd, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking for my grandpa. That's right. You're, you're looking for your grandfather. Uh, Sky Valley is dealing with the crowd. Back upstairs where... Uh, there, there's still some of the rest of you recharge. Two members of your party did just jump out a window um, without really saying what for. I did shout grandpa. <laughs> yeah, your angel friend did shout grandpa. Um, but I guess in this situation, what do you what's recharge up to? I'll say I'll probably like, looking at Andromeda flying away. I'll say, what is she flying after? And point it out to, kind of, like, look over and point it out to, the, I guess, the three people left in this room. So, we'll hold on that, because I'm going to let Alex do something, and then Recharge will probably realize that place is gone. Alex, what are you up to? I'd like to roll and assess the situation. Yeah, go for it. That is an 11. And 11's full success. You get to ask two questions from the list. You can also flavor it a little bit differently if you specifically want other information uh i'm gonna use my uh criminal mind from my playbook uh what is the best way to get back down there as fast as possible without jumping out the window so i i think in follow-up to that before i answer the question concretely i have to ask does your teleportation maintain momentum like if you're falling and you teleport will you come out of the teleport at the same momentum because I know when you teleport, you just walk from point A to point B through a different dimension. So it sounds like yes. I want to say Todd's probably never tested it. In that case, the answer is not teleport. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fastest way down available to you outside of having hitched a ride with Sky Valor at this point would probably be running down the escalator, unfortunately. Question two, do I see where her attention is focused? Yeah, she seems to be watching over everything that's happening in city center. Do watching the crowd kind of devolve into chaotic crowd mind stuff, but she's not doing anything about it. And she seems rather nonplussed about the entire situation. Then I think I have to do everything I can to get down there as fast as I can. So I'm going to sprint out of the room and say, there's someone shady down there. I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go sprint down the elevator uh, escalator. I'll look back and say, Robbie, come on. And uh, yeah, Robbie's there, too. <laughs> and I think he, he watches Todd as you run out of the room and he gives us glance back at Recharge, who's uh, had just like turned back to the room to, I think, ask if everyone else saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with, with kind of a little bit of a defeated sigh. I think Robbie definitely follows Todd a little bit reluctantly, like maybe he wanted to meet his hero, but now's not the time for it. And he's going to stick with his buddy who came all this way to save well, him. Well, I'm not going to allow, like, I'm not going to let Robbie go with Todd to investigate a shady character. 
Right. Yeah. So recharge. So you turn and do this and then Todd bolts and then Robbie bolts after him and Tate's just kind of standing by the doorway. And now you notice that splice isn't there. Yeah. (laughs) What? Wait. Where'd splice go? He must have left while it's like in the confusion of two people jumping out the window. And nobody saw. I guess it's not. I got to follow people jumped out the window. I gotta follow those two. Are you jumping out the window too? No, the I point to Todd or yeah, Todd and Robbie. All right, I will go down with you. Is it safe to say that recharge? You book it to catch up with Todd and Robbie, and you might be surprised when Tate catches up to you. Probably think it's more difficult, like how I'm running, because he's like sapping energy faster than i'm used to yeah i want to say that like recharge went past me and then you see me take off after him but like the scene is darker and then like we it's it's like almost like having two flashes run next to each other of different colors yeah you could even say it's the reverse of the dark side of the moon album cover where i'm the the bright neon colors coming out of the one side and everything's going back into Tate and coming out the other side, grayscale and kind of muddled. Sky Valor, what's your uh, next bet? You you see security detail just like trying to contain the crowd and talk them down. The crowd's having none of it. The mayor is still at his podium trying to talk down the crowd. And a lot of what he's saying is just getting drowned out by screams and cries and stuff like that. Can I go up to the podium, potentially, like, I I don't know if he would let me, but, like, kind of gesture aside the mayor so that I can speak? Yeah, you head your way up there, and he's he's at the mic, he's gripping the microphone, his knuckles are, like, white, he's gripping it so hard, and he's just uh, telling everyone to calm down, and he notices you approach or land if you're flying, and he pulls away from the podium and looks at you. And he says, um, Ooh, Sky Valor, I'm glad you're here. If Horizon City isn't going to listen to Mayor Michael Carmichael, then maybe they will listen to a Valor. Do me proud. Do your dad proud. And he puts a hand in your shoulder and he like, with a lot of strength that you might not expect from this guy, helps you over to the podium or like pushes you along. (laughs) And yeah, you're standing in front of the podium. You have a microphone in your face. It's all yours. I would like to use symbol of authority. Oh, what goes into symbol authority? Just for my... Um, Symbol of authority is when you give an NPC an order based on an authority they recognize and roll plus savior. Oh, yeah, totally. So why don't you say what you want to say and then we'll see how well it does. Okay. Citizens of Horizon City, you should all calm down and have peace of mind because everything is under control. A Valor is taking control of the situation and you are all safe. Pause. As you you get to that point, and you get some people's attention, you can see some people turn their head to you in the crowd, but uh, Mayor Carmichael puts a hand on your shoulder and he actually pulls you back a little bit. Not like, he, he doesn't rip you away, but he pulls you back with some force and he leans in and he whispers to you, and he says, do you, uh, Sky Valor, even, do, do you know what's going on? Do you know why they're freaking out? I'm away from the mic when I, 
I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure that it's not helping that they're freaking out. Mr. Miracle, he's, uh, he's dead at the front of the monuments. Oh my god. These people, they're freaking out because they need hope. And hope isn't something that's apparently Mayor Carmichael can give them. Hope is something that a Valor needs to give them. And his eyes go a little bit wild and wide. And he says, Sky Valor, you need to make sure that they feel safe. Okay. What what happened? Should, is that something we need to talk about later? or? And I think we pause. I'll get back to the scene because I really want to keep you going with the speech because it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think now we switch over to Seraph. Seraph, you said you were using Life Sight? Angel Sight? Yeah, I don't know what my grandpa's soul looks like. I want to find grandpa. I'm not going to have you roll because I'm going to be honest, you're not going to find your grandfather here. You scan the crowd, you scan the vicinity, and you, like you said, you know what your grandfather's soul looks like, and you don't, you just don't see it. What you do see in the process of looking is you see what has this crowd so freaked out. You see the front of the trifecta monument that was unveiled during the ceremony and slumped <laughs> like a heap of trash in front of the monuments is Mr. Miracle. His white clothing drenched in blood, and the there's a trail of blood leading from him to letters that have been crudely painted onto the monument in his blood that just spell... It's only letters. It's the letters N-M-H. Spellbound. Seraph will approach and just... Stand in front of this, taking it all in. You said you were using angel vision, correct? Show is. Can give you a little bit of a little bit of something something on that. Uh, you see that Mr. Miracle's body, he's dead. It's undeniable that he's dead. But his corpse still it has a glimmer to it. It's not necessarily a glimmer of purity, but it's a glimmer of one of someone who's been at least blessed in some capacity by some sort of divinity. It's probably a weird thing, but his body shimmers a little bit. And you do see, leading from his body, a very small, shimmering trail that launches up into the sky, roughly along the same trajectory that you saw from the window on the 42nd floor. Uh, if I can ask it, um, does this, we'll call it a, a, a soul contrail, does this strike me as something human or something more? It's not human in the sense that there's not like flesh and blood attached to this particular trail. It, it seems to be purely in the like ethereal uh, realm of stuff. <laughs> yeah, when Scott, when Seraph looks upon a person and takes them whole in with his divine sight, I would imagine there's a sort of vibrancy to the glimmer of pure souls. This lacks that vibrancy. It sort of has that glimmer still. It's something special, obviously. Something maybe even divine. But, but there's no human element to it. So almost has an uh, artificial kind of a flavor to it. A bit. Uh, something static, if I were going to use mage terms. Ah, uh, all right, I'm there. <laughs> 
And I, I think as Seraph is still like taking all that in and noticing this, we jump back to Sky Valor. Uh, Mayor Carmichael finishes telling you that uh, the body of Mr. Miracle was found on the ground in front of the trifecta monument that was unveiled. And he again reiterates that, you know, these people need a hero. They need hope because they've just lost their hero of hope. Based on the information that Mr. Miracle is dead, do you follow up with anything? Um, I'll just follow up with, um, this city has a hero to protect them. The city will be okay. All of you will be okay because you're under my protection. Okay. <laughs> the hero is me. Yeah, if you want to roll symbol of authority, let, let's okay. see what you can do for this crowd. It's 2d6 plus savior. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Okay. 13. Cool. So... I guess you take plus one forward against the crowd for whatever that's <laughs> worth. It's probably not worth a lot, but you do get to choose one from the list of symbol of authority. And um, I'm assuming you have it in front of you. Which of mm -hmm. the list do you want? Um, do what I say. <laughs> which is calm down. <laughs> calm down. Chill. Yeah. This is taken care of. You guys are safe. Uh, I think the crowd does listen on the majority that they hear you. And for maybe the first time in, many years the symbol of valor the idea of valor as a hero is now empowered it's one of hope it's at the forefront of everyone's mind because sky valor you're there the city has taken a heavy hit they've lost one of their most major heroes but in the wake of that valor steps forward and tells them that it's going to be okay and I, I think the seconds you finish saying, like, like the second your speech is as done as it's going to be, and Mayor Carmichael, like, takes over and follows up, your phone starts ringing, and it's your <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> if I'm done with the speech and everything, I'll step, step aside, put my, put my hand up, and take the call. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you step aside, you begin taking the call, but Mayor Carmichael, he reaches out and he grabs your arm, and he just leans back from the mic, and he says, you can take your call. You know what? Tell your grandfather I say hi, but don't leave this stage. They need to see you here. Definitely. <laughs> and yeah, it's your grandfather, and he's just nerding out about the whole situation. <laughs> like, he's sad that Mr. Miracle's dead, I guess. <laughs> but also, <laughs> um, you'll talk to him for a bit. But I think as soon as you take the phone call, we cut away from Sky Valor. And we focus in on Todd and Robbie, I guess, <laughs> as uh, the two of you run away. Todd, what's the... um? What's the game plan? Get down the escalator and then go over to uh, the closest uh, exit that leads towards the, that alleyway that that woman was uh, standing in. You're basically making a beeline for yep. the strange woman. Great. Uh, Robbie struggles to keep up a little bit. He's not used to all of this, I guess, but he, he can. And recharge and Tate, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming you guys catch up with little problem. I would like to uh, cut off Robbie, though. Okay, yeah, you can. I think you can easily do that. I'm going to try to slow him down a little bit uh, and let Todd run into the alley. So I, I think for the sake of convenience, Tate and Todd, maybe you guys rush off ahead. Maybe everyone was in kind of a line moving at roughly the same pace. 
and you guys head off into the same alley. But at the most opportune moments, Recharge just <laughs> zooms and cuts in front of Robbie, at least for a little bit. And uh, Recharge, you're standing in front of Robbie, who's looking up at you, and his his eyes are wide. Like, he's been through a lot today, but there's still just that expression of, like, oh, like, of awe <laughs> on his face, of looking up at you. And I'm going to tell him, it was a very heroic thing you did up there. Helping your friend, getting him to the man who could save him. He, like, smiles awkwardly. I mean, he came all that way for me. I'm the one who messed up. You messed up? I shouldn't have followed Splice and the Manimals. It's a dumb name anyways. There's, um, there's like a speech bubble above Pep's head and it says, what did he say? Right. And he says, Bad things didn't happen today, Robbie, because you don't have powers. And bad things didn't happen because you didn't do the right thing. Bad things happened because you came alone. But nobody's going to fault you for that. I just wanted to be someone special like you. We're all special. You don't have powers, but you still managed to save your friend. Who was dying? He he looks off awkwardly and just kind of nods. I just think I'd make a good hero if I could do it. But you've never done it before. There are heroes that don't have powers. They're rare. But I'm going to need you to do me a favor here. Your friend said that he saw somebody dangerous in the alley. And I don't want you running in to danger... With it being your first time encountering a supervillain like this, I'm going to need you to help us in a different way. Do you have a phone on you? Yeah, well, yeah, he, like, passed himself down to make doubly sure. I'm going to give him some, like, burner number that I assume Greg set up for me. It's probably the one on my business card. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) And I'm going to say, I'm going to patch you into this number. And I'm going to need you to assist and be my eyes out there. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, I, I can. Yeah, what, what, what do you need me to? What do you need me to look at? Stay safe. Go out the other door. Tell me what you see. Tell me if you see the person that Todd's after. That way, we can see them from two vantage points. And I point to uh, where my eyes would be. Yeah. He uh, he nods and he gets a very serious look on his face. He he uh, looks around and then he says, OK, all right. Yeah, I can do that. You know, if there's if there's one thing I'm good at, it's being stealthy. But remember, if you see any danger, you must get to safety and you must let us know. I can do that. Yeah, no problem. Recharge. I'll give him like a thumbs up and then I'll um... he squeals. But then, like, stops himself. (laughs) I'll point to, like, where my eyes would be with, like, two fingers, and then point back to him, and then point back to me, and I'm like, you're my second pair of eyes right now. Like like a sidekick? That position's already filled, but you're assisting me for now. I could be his sidekick. That sounds complicated, but you're assisting me for now. I'll take assistant. That's cool. That's cool, Recharge. I'll do it. 
All right. And then um, I'm going to, like, point him in the direction to go that's much safer. If there's, like, uh, coming down the escalator, did we see, like, a floor that kind of has, like, a open area that, like, looks out onto the street? Uh, not from maybe not from City Hall, but I, I think on the way between City Hall and th- this alleyway that you could definitely find a, like a good. Yeah, safe I just want him point. up here, like in the building, up a few floors, like being a lookout. OK, y- yeah. OK, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, he'll set up on like maybe the second floor or something, peering out the front window and just watch out for you guys. OK. And then uh, as I'm catching up and like slinking out into the alley, there's going to be a not- another thought bubble that just says. I'm going to have to tell Seraph how good that pump-up speech worked. <laughs> yeah, that's super fair. <laughs> Great. Uh, so as Recharge is dealing with Robbie and then quickly catching up to Tate and Todd, the weird dynamic duo that seems to keep happening, Tate and Todd, you enter this alleyway, and it's a straight shot from city center to the side streets and there's some future dumpsters in there and i don't know some some other stuff maybe a car that looks abandoned <laughs> in there but th- there doesn't seem to be anyone currently positioned at the front of this alley or in it are you making your way through are you checking around definitely searching to try and find any clues see if i can find out where they went I'm just taking my lead from Todd and sort of following behind him, being like, you said you saw someone over here. Yeah, and I think as the two of you look around this alley for signs of something, you don't see any. But after you make your way halfway down the alley, um, searching around, looking behind the car, looking in the dumpster, what have you, both of you smell the uh, scent of cigarette smoke from behind you, from where you entered the alley. And you'll, you'll see this woman in a suit dress. Um, she's short. She's on the shorter side, and she she looks a bit older, maybe in her forties or so. And she has an unlit cigarette in her hands, and she's just leaning against the wall. And you have no idea. Like, you didn't miss her. Obviously, it's an alley. Where could she have been hiding? But she is standing there, and she says, "Um, you came looking for me, huh? What did you do?" I didn't do anything. I'm here on an assignment. And then this breaks out. One of the heroes of the city dies. Who are you? She uh, shakes her head and she taps the cigarette as if it were lit, as if she were knocking off Ash. Without looking at you, she says, Sorry, classified information. Lady, I've had a long day. Damn near suffocated. I'm not here to play games. Tell me who the hell you are and who died. I'm not here to play games either. Simple assignments. Turns out one of the Trefecta are dead in front of the monuments. Yeah, so much for Milk Run. Yeah, there's so many red flags going off in Todd's head. He's gonna... He's gonna stare at her and make sure she doesn't do anything shady. Can I jump in for a moment? Yeah. Can I mark my Doom track and get a dark vision about her? Ooh. Yes. Alan, if you say, can I mark my doom track? I'm always going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> because she's saying that she's on assignment. So, like, I obviously I want to know who she is and what she's doing. But I thought it would be kind of fun if I could actually see who she is and what she's doing. So, uh, with uh, marking your doom track and using dark visions, you get to ask me one question. I have to answer it honestly. 
What do you want to know? What's her assignment? Tate, you, you get this vision that tells you about this woman a little bit. It, you see her, she's handed confidential envelope, and in it there's some paperwork with a lot of it. A lot of information is blacked out and redacted. But the end result of it is what she's actually here for. She's on assignments here to look into illegal hypertext smuggling. However, she has stumbled her way into a much bigger assignment by being on grounds at the unveiling of Mr. Miracle's body at the Trifecta Monument here on Remembrance Day. And whoever or whatever she works for, this is something that she's not going to be able to back away from. Effectively, this is her new assignment. I'm going to sort of casually say, investigating this is definitely no hypertext smuggling. She arches an eyebrow and looks at you, Tates, and says, I haven't heard about you. Psychic? That would certainly have made things a lot easier. She looks you over a bit, but then shakes her head. What's a couple of kids like you doing? caught up in this mess gang was planning on causing some trouble in city hall then all hell broke loose so you're here out of happenstance just like me sure seems that way you didn't ask for it my opinion you should stay out of this let the adults handle it go home mr miracle was an adult and look what happened to him she nods and says yeah he was but do you think you're going to be the city's next hero? Is that really what you want to be? I'm going to be a better hero than he ever was. Tate's definitely going to be surprised at that. That's not what he was expecting. You even know what goes into being a hero? How messed up it makes people? Saving people, hunting things, the family business. Listen, kid. From someone who's traveled that road before, being a hero might make you feel all good, but it really messes you up. Hurts the people around you. Might feel all fine and dandy at first, but it always comes back to haunt you in the end. She sighs and uh, throws her unlit cigarette on the ground. I want to, before she says anything else, I just want to chime in that somebody's got to do it. And I think as she kicks away from the wall, she says, There are already people running around town playing hero. All the more reason why you should get out of the game while you still can. Don't waste your youth throwing on a mask, prancing around town in some sort of power trip. Get out while you're ahead, before it really starts screwing with you. And uh, she begins leaving. And I think as she begins leaving, Recharge appears at the front of the alley. <laughs> and she does that thing where she's a little shocked that he just like rushes over and slides in the yeah, panel. Just a, a, a blur of neon <laughs> sliding across the uh, panel. And he's there with like hands on hips and he just goes, good, we got her. <laughs> she chuckles a little bit and crosses her arms and says, recharge. Should have expected you to show up. How's the mask treating you? He'll just say, do I know you? <laughs> Should I know you? Nope. But I know all about you. How much do you know? I know you've been wearing the mask for a few years now. Tell me. Has it become a weird sex thing for you yet? Uh, I... I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Todd just whispers to Tate, What the fuck's wrong with her? There's like a thought bubble that's just like... 
have to have sex first. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd. I th- oh man, I think what happens after that thought bubble panel, we see a following panel where she looks up where the thought bubble was, and then the following panel, she looks at you recharge, and she offhandedly says, I guess you'd have to have sex first for that to be a sex thing, huh? There's another thought bubble that just says I'm so fucking glad I'm wearing a mask. Oh my god, she has the power of breaking the fourth wall. Also, Chris always says to have a fourth wall breaker. <laughs> Uh, I guess she glances over her shoulder at Tate and Todd and then back at Recharge and shrugs her shoulders and says, You're not going to solve anything today. Looks like neither am I. You mind stepping out of my way so I can get out of here? I, like, look past her to Todd and just say she's not a villain. From what she says, she works for who knows who and was on an assignment here to... According to Tate here, find some missing hypertech. How did Tate know about the missing hypertech? I don't know, he's got some weird powers. Mind reading's probably one of them. It's not actually. <laughs> There's another thought bubble that says, great, he probably read about read the thing I thought about the uh not having sex. <laughs> so now he's super embarrassed. He's like, alright, um, then I guess you're free to go. She nods. And I think she's going to attempt, she's going to leave the alley um, by walking past you, recharge. And as she walks past you, she will stop for a moment. Um, and she doesn't lean in or anything. She kind of says it out loud, but it's mostly just for you. And she says, I'll tell you the same thing I told the others. Wearing the mask might seem like fun and games, but it'll mess you up in the long run. So think about retiring early, huh? I'll say to her as she's walking by, without, like, turning back to her, I don't wear the mask because it's fun. And um, I, I think as she she doesn't respond, but we, we do get a panel where it's, like, a, a close-up of her face as she's walking away. And uh, she I think she smiles at that comment before disappearing into the crowd. There'll be a pause, and he'll just say, So what the hell's going on? Oh, man, apparently Mr. Miracle's dead. <laughs> then why did Andromeda fly away? I saw her when we were up there. She was in the sky. She just flew away. Maybe she saw who did it. Maybe she did it. Let's go find the others. I'm going to pull out my phone and casually toss my contact info at both of these people. You'll actually need my number for it. I don't have a. I don't have one of those new phones. Oh, fair enough. I'll try it towards you and be like, huh, that didn't work. You get the, the one of the hero burner numbers. <laughs> I've got no Kia. Does it have buttons on it? Yeah. What? <laughs> While we exchange numbers, I also want to send a text to my, my father and see how they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think at this point, as you guys are having a conversation about how um, Todd still has a Nokia flip, <laughs> we um, can cut ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as the afternoon turns into an evening and as things progress it gets a little difficult to rejoin as a group seraph you have to find your grandfather you you haven't heard anything from him and um natalie's not quick at coming back with messages if you try to reach out to her or anything like that sky valor is tied up and the mayor is not letting her leave his side at the immediate moments recharge robbie's still around 
You have to deal with him. Todd, your sister's somewhere. <laughs> and uh, as is your family, Tate. I think what passes at this point is even if you want to rejoin as a group, your real life obligations kind of come in. You know, many of you have family and people down here where this horrible event transpired. One of the city's major heroes is dead and everyone's freaking out. And I think we can use that as a moment to kind of segue through a little bit of the chaos and end volume one on, I don't know, some cliffhangers, some notes, some interesting things. <laughs> if that's agreeable to anyone, unless anyone has something they want to do before I move forward in the day a little bit. I would like a panel if I can. Yeah, you called it. What what panel do you want? Um, I just kind of thought it'd be cool. Um, I know earlier you described um, Mr. Miracle as like having a smile and running his his hands through his hair. And I just kind of feel like it'd be kind of cool to have that parallel where if I'm on stage and I'm trying to be like, oh, the face of the hero for this city. And I just kind of try and like smile and put my hand through my hair. <laughs> I thought it'd be kind of um interesting for, for for that parallel and uh especially if we're visualizing things but make it hella awkward <laughs> <laughs> awkward <laughs> smile <laughs> yeah like you, you remember his got milk poster at school so you try to emulate his uh glorious smile yeah just, just like awkward weird. smile with my hand through yeah. my hair just trying to be Perfect. like everything's good city i got this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no that's great that's great i definitely do think we get a panel of like you trying to do that trying to emulate a little bit of mr miracle to comfort the people here you standing next to mayor carmichael and he's probably totally like being the face too, smiling and like patting me on the back like this. oh yeah he has his arm around your shoulder and he, he's like in, in the panel he's do, he's like pointing at you and smiling and you know suggesting like oh yeah mr miracle's dead but look at this hero look at this shiny new hero ah shiny <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool that's great thanks for establishing that good call <laughs> anyone else yeah I'd like to think that uh, after, you know, staring at Mr. Miracle's body for probably a little bit too long, Seraph will have this moment of, oh, shit, Natalie, and like immediately start calling her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, I think that's where you get like, oh, she's not responding. Oh, she's not responding. And then when she starts responding, that's going to segue into the next bit. So if everyone's good. Be my then... Sherpa. Guide me home. Uh, we'll we'll start with Tate, and then Alan, you can add in whatever you were thinking after this. But you, you contact your father, and he basically tells you, you know, he got Eleanor, I think is your mother's name, and Sky, you know, away from the situation just as things started to go downhill. Um, everyone's safe, and maybe by the point you're talking to your dad, uh, maybe you you call him. I'm assuming you're actually talking to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and maybe by this point, you've since separated from the rest of the, the heroes, them going off to do their own things and to catch up with their own people. You feel a tapping on your shoulder. Turn around. And you see Nathaniel in the exact same clothes you left him, <laughs> or you last saw him in, the, the light brown trench coats, um, his other clothing, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, he's standing like right behind you. And he smells like whiskey. It's like he's been drinking all day. And it looks like it. He has bags under his eyes. And he says, You have a minute, mate. You are exactly who I wanted to see. 
Ain't that convenient. Listen, there's a bit of a problem. What's the problem? Well, for starters, there's an ancient, evil, and powerful force swinging on over here to rain chaos and destruction down upon you. Like, right now? <laughs> yep, right now. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe not the second, but in the very near future. Well, that doesn't sound good. Right, so I guess we're gonna have to up your training if we have any hope of fending him off. Luckily, between you and me. He leans in and he, like, puts a hand around your shoulders and he puts a lot of weight on you <laughs> as if he's using you to balance. And he, he says, Luckily, I don't think this bloke has all the powers he once had. I'll just kind of shrug a little bit and, and put my arm around him to help him a little bit more. Like, let's get started. He, uh, he nods and says, um, So, how'd the, uh, thing go today? You know, with the, uh... He, he like, wiggles his fingers in front of you to suggest something you don't know what. <laughs> oh. Uh, I will give him a full breakdown of everything that happened. Wait, how many eyes did he have? Too many. That angel isn't what you were talking about, was it? No, no, what I'm talking about is some ancient old being that used to use divine artifacts to fuel his existence, but was some time ago stripped of said artifacts and buried deep underground. I think I know who you're talking about. His eyes narrow, and he says, Oh, do you know? Do you suddenly manifest the ability to peer through the veil? No, but I do sometimes have dreams. Starters, I can assure you that this isn't the entity, the big bad. It's mostly like one of his little minions. Oh, so there's more. <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. We're basically number one on the old cosmic hit list, if you will. Certainly no end of enemies to be found for you and I. Fair enough. And this is why, from you, I need to learn about getting in touch with uh, the old life and blood and all that fun stuff. And from me, you need to learn all about the ethereal. Alright. Sounds like a reasonable exchange. Alright. Yep. Hold on. Gonna vomit. And he rushes away from you. <laughs> he, like, pushes off of you and throws up, uh, like, uh, into the street. I'd like to imagine that it's evening now. Like, the sun has set, and it's... Or is setting, at the very least. And the sky is sort of that orange-pink with some clouds that have the purple. Final panel is just him silhouetted against the sky with the light reflected in his eyes. Right, and off to the side is Nathaniel vomiting to the street yep. as a silhouette. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Couldn't be better. Good. Then, uh, you know, flipping the page, we can uh, clear out Seraph's side of the story. Seraph, you do eventually hear back from Natalie. Uh, it doesn't take her too long. Once you start messaging her, she will respond. And she just, um, her immediate response is like a... You know, uh, it's a text message, and she says, Sorry, um, asked me not to tell you, but ellipses, we're at Horizon General. Uh, and that'll probably be a panel of Seraph flagging down, I guess, whatever. No, wait, no need to flag down. Public transport. Yeah. Uh, Seraph flagging down a bus <laughs> and uh, just texting back, I'm on my way. What happened? Sure. And during the 
very, very nice bus ride where you get served some snacks and there's calming music in the background because it's perfect. Yeah, she she tells you that your grandfather, who is also named William, while you were gone doing your thing, he kind of suffered a stroke and she's at the hospital with him and a uh, a friendly bystander who came to help her out in dealing with the situation right now. Yeah. Um, shoots her text just saying, I'll be there as soon as I can. And she immediately again, like apologizes for not telling you. And she follows that up by saying he asked her, he basically (laughs) struggled to ask her not to. He seems so damn sure that you were doing something super important. I have no response. That's fair. I don't know what I would respond with to that. So the bus ride will take you to the the hospital and uh, you can go in and head up. And you will find the room that your grandfather is in. He's in the hospital bed. He's sleeping at this point. But Natalie is seated at his side. And at her side is... I don't know if I've ever... If we've ever described him. Matt, what does Greg look like? Probably a little... uh, A huskier kid. Brown hair, freckles, glasses. Typical, like, nerd-looking kid. Dresses in kind of baggy clothes. Probably has some sort of... uh, like movie t-shirt on or something like that star wars shirt <laughs> yeah that sounds fair yeah uh you, you see this kid that you've never seen before in your life uh like sitting with natalie in this room um as you walk in and like i said your grandfather's asleep but natalie immediately stands up when you enter on his way in he will have popped uh Seraph will have popped by the uh gift shop just to grab an oversized hoodie that he of course will pay entirely too much money for yes he will <laughs> natalie begins to cross the room to meet with you but i think she like thinks better of it and stops halfway to like let you approach your grandfather first instead of being an asshole and cutting you off so she ends up standing really awkwardly in the middle of the room as you enter yeah and it's mostly gonna be scott standing by his grandpa i'm uh, just saying Hey, I'm here. You can wake up now. Yeah, I I think as we kind of maybe zoom in on that, we we focus in and maybe for a moment, it seems like your grandfather, William, smiles very slightly, but it's so slight, it's really hard to tell. I think zooming out, we might see Natalie like approach you and go to like reach out to put a hand on your shoulder and then also, like, think better of it. Maybe she's ashamed. Maybe she just doesn't know what to do in this situation. And the stranger that you found in here with her, he he walks out. Like, like he watches, and maybe it also looks like he's going to go say something, but totally <laughs> decides not to and leaves. And Natalie will quietly leave shortly thereafter. And I think a good final panel of her just sort of walking away out of this door, probably throwing a glance back, will be uh, Scott grabbing a chair, sitting down next to his grandfather and saying, uh, so, uh, save the day today. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. God, that's good. (laughs) Uh, Seth, I like that a lot. You must know a thing or two about comics. I never read them. Never. never read them? No? Okay. Uh, totally a foreign art form to me. I yeah. just... So flipping the page and what I would say is a flawless final panel for that story arc. <laughs> we turn to... Let's, let's do Sky Valor next. Let's do Sky Valor. 
Sky, you have a nice conversation with your grandfather who is just over himself and he's super impressed and proud and he's like you handled the situation perfectly you know he he can't believe everything that's happened um from the looks of it you've handled yourself like a real hero today he's never been more proud of a person in his entire life and maybe you think don't you have a son grandpa (laughs) 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 he just goes on and on he he's elated about the whole situation and I, I think the, the afternoon goes in the evening and the mayor and his secretary, they uh, ultimately, I think they rope you into a lot of like publicity and dealing with the crowd and talking to people. And it's not it's I don't think it comes across as like, oh, you know, I'm just the mayor. I'm here to be a po- an evil politician and run the city and all this stuff. You know, he he's obviously invested in this crowd and maintaining order and he's leaning heavily against you to help quell the fears of the community in light of all of this so long story short it's it's a long afternoon it's a long evening during this um your your grandfather calls you every like hour (laughs) just to follow up (laughs) on things he sees on the television i'm sure you might ignore a couple of his calls just to be like oh i'll call him tomorrow and follow up i can't answer him every hour that's ridiculous but you also get some messages from lexi your friend Maybe an hour into this. And her first message to you is, you will not believe what happened. I'd probably reply, I think I I would. She says, okay, may, maybe you would. But uh, listen, I was, you know, n- drinking with, with, you know, my friends, our friends, the guys in this alley. And these, these assholes come in and start harassing us. You know, they start getting really aggressive. And she, this is just a torrent of messages. Uh, and, and she's like, you know, they, they start getting really aggressive and, you know, they start asking us for our money and suggesting some other things, some real creepy things. And then all of a sudden, this, this person comes swooping in and they, they take them all out. I could, I could hardly follow them moving around. It's like every movement was, was a blur. It was crazy. I don't know who or what that was, but today I was saved by a hero. Wow. Yeah. Uh I, I mean I know that I know that you're a hero, <laughs> she follows up by saying. <laughs> and it's a bummer that you couldn't help me. But I don't hold that against you. It was really cool what happened to me today. I'm glad that I was saved. I was a real bummer about Mr. Miracle. Also, how are you? Yeah. Um, it's been crazy. I mean ha- have you watched the news? Yeah, I've heard all about it. I- I've had something went down at City Hall, Mr. Miracle's dad's no one knows what happened to him or how someone like him could get killed. Also, you're a big deal now, apparently. I mean, I was here and they listened to me. I mean... This is big, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she sends you a, a gif of a dancing cat <laughs> <laughs> with go, a party hat on. <laughs> I go, yeah, I know. This is crazy. I get to help people and I get to be like a real hero, but dot 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 it's gonna be hard to balance my normal life she responds by saying lol just tell them no and then she (laughs) follows that up with jk jk unless (laughs) ellipses question mark (laughs) i go ha 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 yeah and then i tell her i'm like i'm sure you'll help me she says that's what friends are for even if you couldn't save me in an alley, I will always be here for you. And she's obviously just like 
she's she's not being serious. I send her the rolly eyes um, emoji and a gif that's like friendship. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. You guys have a back and forth like that for a little (laughs) bit. And I guess that kind of helps break up some of the stuff you're doing that evening with the mayor and his secretary. Eventually, it, it gets so late and the situation seems to have some sort of handle on it. But there's going to be press releases and news stuff, and the mayor has basically flat out told you that there's no backing out of this now. You're kind of in it deep with him, so he's going to be in touch with you in the future, and you're going to be working pretty closely with him regarding the city, the city's future. (laughs) Yep. I expect Um, a lot of press. And he says, but I'm sure that LV is worried sick about his little girl. So maybe you should go home and spend some time with your family. (laughs) I guess I probably should. I haven't talked to them since this happened. All right. Well, you go do that. Secretary hot tits. Let's roll out. And she just mutters, it's hot tits, sir. That's what I said. (laughs) And they depart. (laughs) He said the thing. Dude, that was always planned. That was always the thing. I know what I did, Dud. <laughs> yeah, we know you know you, you did, Dud. Good, great. I'm glad we've been gaming together for so long. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you think that did. Yeah, great. Sky Valor, you go home. <laughs> Bitch. And uh, it's late. It's maybe like 10 o'clock or maybe even 11 o'clock. But the lights in your house are still on. Which, I mean, considering everything that's happened today, I guess it makes sense that your parents would stay up for you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I think as you open the door, you hear an kind of familiar voice. It's not your mom, and it's definitely feminine. But a- as soon as you like open the door a little bit, the the talking inside stops, um, mm-hmm. as if they've noticed you walk in. I guess when you actually enter, unless you're going to be a huge coward and run away, no. <laughs> you find in the living room y- your parents, Laser Valor, and whoever the hell your mom is. Michelle, Michelle, Uh, you find, yes, you find Laser Valor and Michelle uh, sitting on the couch and sitting across from them on a chair is Andromeda, the the, the focal points of the trifecta. Oh, wow. And they all kind of like look at you as you walk in and Andromeda smiles. Her black hair, um, as I've kind of described before, it kind of pulls in light around her and constantly shades like the upper part of her torso with just a little bit of darkness um like her hair is space itself your mom looks at you but she seems kind of nervous about something and your dad laser valor holds you in his gaze a bit like uncomfortably longer like like he's thinking something uh, like like he's taking you in not for the first time but like you've become something new something different something for him to absolutely be proud of and when you see all this and i imagine stand there awkwardly just taking in that andromeda's in your house yeah uh she stands up and she walks over to you and says sky valor i don't want to just assume it's okay for me to use your regular name should I call you Madison, or should I refer to you as Sky Valor? It doesn't really matter, but it probably depends on how how close we are. She nods and says, I'm aware of what you did at the ceremony today and in the wake of recent events. 
how tragic they are. The city needs heroes like you. And heroes like you. <laughs> she smiles and uh, kind of just like gestures for you to uh, go like take a seat with your parents. Do you move to do so? Yeah. And as you move to do so, she like follows you going to her own seats. But as she follows you, she says, this may be a little presumptuous and early considering everything that's happened, but the trifecta is built upon a pillar of three heroes. And considering we've lost Mr. Miracle, unfortunately, she takes a seat across the table from you and your parents. And she just looks at you, Sky Valor, as she's talking. She says, I was telling your parents that in the wake of seeing what you have done today for this city, that we need to move on figuring out who will step up and take Mr. Miracle's place in the trifecta. Valor, your grandfather, bless his soul, is a little old for the position. Laser Valor no longer acts as much of a hero in the city. So Sky, I'm here today to offer you a position as an unpaid intern within the trifecta. Should you excel, I think that based on your performance today and in history, that you could easily fill the role Mr. Miracle did. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I, how could I refuse? <laughs> she smiles. It's, uh, it feels like a lot of pressure. I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, I could do a good enough job. <laughs> and with a nod, she says, it is a demanding position. Mr. Miracle did a lot for this city. I, I fear that's, I'm going to have a lot on my shoulders picking up where he left off, especially if I'm going to dedicate myself to finding his killer. And Lord knows binary isn't going to help me with any of this. So we will need a face for the city, someone to inspire hope to the people. And you've already done that, Sky Valor. And I hope you will continue to do so. I don't want you to say yes or no today. I know it's been a long day. So think about it. And I'll be back. Does she, uh, start to get up now, or? Uh, I think she turns her attention to Laser Valor and Michelle, and she says, the chocolate chip cookies were wonderful, Michelle. <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> yeah. And then she stands up. As she starts to walk, I'll just be like, Andromeda? And I'm, I'm kind of, like, looking down. She turns. Yes. Then I, I look up at her and I say, you can call me Madison. She smiles and nods <laughs> and then says, and you can call me Andromeda. <laughs> and then she leaves. <laughs> Just like recharge. You could call me recharge. <laughs> <laughs> and is that the last panel? I, I feel like I that's... like that. Yeah, okay, cool. Great. All right. <clears throat> uh, uh, two more. Let's do it. Me, Matt, with Recharge. The tail end of the city center debacle. Things coming to a point where it's the super team isn't going to yeah. regroup at this point. Everyone's being pulled in different directions. I'm assuming you're going to de-costume and meet up with your brother at some point? Yes. How does that play out? We don't need to have a back and forth, but like, do you just like find him? Do you start calling him? What's up? I'll keep trying to call him after a while and wait for him to pick up. 
I imagine as recharge, you'd probably dismiss him at some yeah. point instead of having him keep watch. So I, I think he picks up like the first time you call him. He, he, he like immediately just like apologizes for like missing you and not going to the ceremony with you. And he's he just spills everything like it's this torrent of him feeling guilty and just wanting to tell you, you know, I, I just wanted to be a hero. I wanted powers. So I got mixed up with some bad guys that promised me that they, they could give me powers. And we went to City Hall and then some heroes came to save the day and I got to meet Recharge and some other guys that were also really cool. And I, I think I might be Recharge's sidekick, except he already has a sidekick. So I might be the sidekick sidekick, but that's too confusing. But long story short, Pap, I'm really sorry for not meeting up with you and i'm sorry if you worried i shouldn't have done that it's okay robbie i've just been hanging out with greg he had to go though his mom called him i'm down near the food the food stands do you want to come meet up i'll buy you something can can we get pizza we have pizza every night i like it we can get pizza and i'll grab some fried dough too yeah, he uh, he squeals again, <laughs> very similar to when he met Recharge. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he'll he'll totally meet up with you. And I think, Pep, as you're waiting for your brother to get there, Greg will finally message you again. And he will say uh, he actually his first message is a picture and it's just a picture of Horizon General. And then he gives you nothing after that. <laughs> I'll send him a message saying... I assume this has to do with the old man you mentioned. And he responds by saying, no, dude, I'm dying. JK, JK. <laughs> and he, he messages you saying that while he was um, playing remote sidekick for you out in the street, he noticed uh, some old guy kind of um, basically suffering from a stroke. And he was accompanied by some girl about your guy's ages. So Greg took it upon himself to head over and help out and you know call an ambulance and play a little bit of hero himself i'll send him back a message that says just says you did an awesome job he says i watched some of the videos from the some of the stuff you did <laughs> from the helmet <laughs> you you also did really good we we make a great team especially you also here's a, a picture of the girl that i'm like you know like sitting next to right now and he shows he sends you this picture <laughs> taken from like clearly he's like <laughs> took it while sitting next to her without her knowing yeah i'll send him a message that says greg you got to be a little less weird than that it takes him a moment to respond he's just like yeah i i know <laughs> uh i guess i'm just uh no the, the, it's messed up you're right you're right he he will tell you that like the the old guy um is apparently the grandfather of a friend of hers and he seems to be doing okay, but the the hospital staff still aren't a hundred percent sure on everything. So he's just kind of hanging out with her until um her friend arrives. He says, "Hey, how's your brother?" Oh, good. He was off, uh, I guess, trying to gain superpowers from a group that calls themselves the Manimals. LOL. Yeah, it's a dumb name. What a lame name. But I uh. <laughs> Don't worry, we get we got him out of there. Me and a couple other heroes that happen to be in there. Yeah, dude, I'm totally going to watch the footage later. Yeah, you should definitely see if you could uh, edit together a cool montage. We'll put it online. Yeah, and I, th I think at that point, that's probably when Robbie comes in and uh, meets up, flags you down. Uh, I'm going to send him one last message. I go, you want to know something really weird? A lot of people know me as Recharge. He responds by saying, yeah, 
I mean, you're not a Valor, you're not the Trifecta, but you're still pretty fucking cool. Have you been posting videos? <laughs> he uh, says, oh, uh, listen, her friend's here, gotta go, talk to you later, TTYL. I'll say, I guess this will take some getting used to, but if it helps anybody, thank you. He gives you a finger guns emoji. Send him back a winky face. You uh, meet up with your brother and we get a, a just a couple of panels of you guys doing tail end of the day stuff. You buy a fried dough, you buy him some pizza, and you guys just connect as brothers. He's super hyped about everything um, now that you've kind of forgiven him or at least agreed to look past everything. Um, so he tells you again about everything that happens. And then we cut forward to the two of you heading home. Maybe Robbie's like riding on the back of your bike as you're biking. And it's a great time and you pull into your house and for convenience sake, you you tell him to like run off ahead. You're just going to stash the bike in whatever garaging units the future has for this house, right? We'll just say a garage. And he he runs off through the front door and you open the garage and the light flickers a couple of times. What we see on the far on like the back end of the garage wall written in ash, written in soot on the wall are the words I see you hero that's a good last panel yeah but fair enough fair enough i think at that point we can swap over and potentially close out with todd todd today's been a day a lot of stuff has happened to you today i feel like specifically to you things have happened to other people but you've been thrown down an escalator. <laughs> you've had gills grafted onto your body. It's been kind of messed up. And at the tail end of all of this, all your the the super powered people that you've kind of temporarily teamed up with, they seem to have other shit going on. And everyone kind of just naturally disperses. And you reach out to connect with Talia, and she doesn't respond right away. I think what we see is maybe a panel or two of Todd left alone once again um he's not surrounded by superpowered buddies robbie went off um to like try to catch up with his brother you know he he's alone and the the community horizon city is being rallied by sky valor and everyone's paying attention to her and he's just off to the side and he's trying to reach his sister because of course his parents won't reaching them's why even bother but she's not responding and i i think after a couple of panels of that what we do is the following panels. We see what was happening with Talia during all of this. And we see, Todd, you teleported into City Hall, right? Yes, I did. So we just see a panel going back to that of Todd in a crowd teleporting into City Hall. But in the background, we see Talia slipping in through a window. And then we see a few more panels of things that happened in City Hall that Todd was involved in. And in some of these, or in all of these, you know, like snapshots in the background, we see maybe Talia peeking around a corner, watching roughly around the time that things started kicking off with the crowd outside, out in front, when the monument was unveiled. We see Talia leave City Hall, and she rushes around the crowd. She watches as people disrupt into chaos, and she ducks underneath a few things thrown her way, um, just in the sheer chaos of everything. She's moving, she's watching, she's listening, and she passes by an alley, 
where there's a few thugs accosting a young girl and some of her friends who seem to be just drinking in an alley. And then the following panel, Talia backs up and she looks down the alley and she watches this. She watches one thug like push one dude to the ground and then look to this young lady, this young girl, and just say, how drunk are you? You looking for a good time? And we focus back on Talia, who sighs and sets her backpack aside. She pulls out something with a hood on it, like a vest with a hood on it. She throws the hood over her head. And then we get just a few panels of snapshots, action shots of her blinking her way through the alley. And in three panels, they're all knocked out cold. And the people she saved are just looking at her. And she doesn't respond to them. She instead turns, blinks out of the alley, throws her hood back, grabs her backpack, and leaves. And it's roughly at this point that she finally pulls out her shitty Nokia flip. (laughs) And uh, stops and frantically writes out a text that just says, Sorry, caught up in the chaos. Where are you? Are you okay? Respond that I... Over by City Hall. It's been a long day. And she, she asks you, like, where specifically? And she, she'll go meet you. I'll send her that I'm over in that alleyway where the other guys, like, broke in through the side door. Yeah, yeah. And she meets you over there, and she, she looks at you, and... Uh, Todd, I think you described yourself before in that group panel as looking a bit, little bit roughed up. It probably hasn't gotten any better. <laughs> no, that... That bruise on his face has blossomed. He, his eyes probably at least partially closed up from it. He's just looking at his clothes like, fuck, we don't have money to replace these. He's probably at this point just kind of sitting down, letting the the aches are finally getting to him after all the adrenaline's gone. And I think she rounds the corner to this alley and sees you. And she just says, Christ, you don't look okay. And immediately rushes over to you and just like pulls out your arm and like checks your wounds. <laughs> you know, she, she pokes at some things that hurt and <laughs> he'll say, you ever get thrown down the up escalator? No, what? No. What? Todd, what it, happened? It's not fun. It's not fun. <sighs> and she'll just check your wounds as she asks you to just tell her, you know, what transpired. And he'll he'll tell her everything, everything, including the woman over in that side alley. She takes it all in, makes sure that physically that you're not going to like internally bleed to death or something. (laughs) She'll like help you to your feet at some point and say, I guess that kind of sounds like the life of a hero. Do you feel like one? I saved the kid. Almost died. Sounds like your average hero. I think I need to learn how to fight. Do you intend to keep doing this? Well, I mean, Mr. Miracle's dead. Someone's got to step up. Yeah, the city needs heroes. And she just begins, like, walking with you out of the alley. He'll probably, like, hold out his arm for her to help help, uh, him get up. And uh, she'll say, I knew you had it in you, Todd. That's the, uh, the things you can do. Don't need to just be about stealing cars or skipping class. I do honestly think you can do a lot of good work, uh, a lot of good things in this world. I think I made a decent start today. <sighs> Fuck me. He's just rubbing his face. It heals. It just don't keep poking at it. Stop, stop. She like bats away your hand. But it stings. By the way, where the hell were you? You were supposed to get help. 
she says that she attempted to talk to some of the security around City Hall, and they did call it in, but she was told that Sky Valor had it handled. After hearing that he's going to start going off on a tirade about Sky Valor and how she let the manimals get away. And and Talia says, the manimals? That's what, what? they call themselves. So just a bunch of jackasses from school. Fuck, that's dumb. What a dumb name. I know. Who the fuck came up with the name Manimals? <laughs> she shakes her head in disbelief. <laughs> you, Todd, you said you met some other people during all of this? Yeah, there was this one really freaky looking dude. He had, like, eyes all over him, golden skin, wings. They were calling him... Seraph, Seraph, Seraphim, Seraph, something like that. And then that recharge dude that Robbie's always fawning out over. Oh, yeah, and uh, the guy who threw me down the escalator. His name's Tate. Oh, you met a lot of people. They seem like they're okay people. Honestly, Todd, if you want to keep doing this, it might not be a bad idea to at least try to reach out to one of them. Maybe they can teach you how to fight. Yeah, recharge and uh, Tate. They both gave me their numbers. She nods. And with a smile, she adds, well, you know, I told you before, your sister here knows how to fight. Knows a thing or two about slugging a guy and dropping him. And she kind of laughs it off. Oh, low-hanging fruit. Can't resist. Yeah, you really know how to take one to the face, huh, Talia? Okay, we're done, Todd. She, like, punches you in the arm. (laughs) Ow, new bruise. (laughs) And then she immediately is like, oh, sorry, and, like, grabs you. (laughs) And is, like, really, really sorry about it. So he's going to do, like, put up uh, one of those martial arts uh like fist to fist to open palm do a bow teach me how to fight sensei yeah and uh i I think she uh matches it in a humorous way like she picks up what you're putting down and nods and gives you a little bit of a bow and like goes at you with a ridiculously over exaggerated karate chop and (laughs) stop trying to hit me and hit me (laughs) Yeah, so uh, does it uh, wind out with you guys just, like, (laughs) stupidly play fighting (laughs) at the side of a street somewhere? Absolutely. Cool. Great. And with all of that, I I think we've brought Volume 1 of Horizon, a (laughs) Masks tabletop RPG podcast, to a conclusion. If people have liked it, we'll keep doing it. If people didn't like it, I guess I'll just go throw myself off of a roof somewhere. Like a small roof. (laughs) (laughs) So you'd survive. Yeah, like, so I could survive. Maybe I'll just break a leg, you know. I hear that's good luck. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we're here for the storytelling. And if people enjoyed listening to this, we will keep doing it. There's, I have ideas for a volume two. There's obviously story arcs that can continue. There are. (laughs) That have been left wide open. (laughs) No, I don't think there's any. You don't think so? Okay. So this is the end of our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for (laughs) listening. And I appreciate being able to tell everyone a succinct and complete story. (laughs) With no loose ends whatsoever. With no loose ends. I have merch. Buy the merch. (laughs) Buy the merch. We don't have merch. We might have merch when this is released. (laughs) But as of recording, we don't have any merch. Uh, Okay, wait, real quick. I know everyone's tired. I'm kind of running on fumes because I've been running game for six hours. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but real quick, Danielle, any last words you want to say to the internet before I kill you? I mean, before we close out. We will eventually have merch. I just hope that 
It is the merch that everybody wants. So yes. if you have any ideas... <laughs> so, so to everyone listening right now, Danielle is in charge of a Critically Accursed podcast merchandise. If you have any ideas on what a Critically Accursed podcast merchandise should be, please at Danielle over on Twitter. Twi- uh, Danielle, what's your Twitter? <laughs> Dixie, D-I-X-I-E underscore star six. Yeah, cool. Great. Good. Do it. Everyone tell her what you want and she will, without a doubt, 100% get it for you. And make it elaborate and complicated. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's great. Dorm hats are a little bit difficult. Ask for dorm hats. Rule number one: always knock. <laughs> that's our dorm hat. I can't wait. Yeah, merch is gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Alan, um, I know this is getting late for you, so I want to uh, swing this over to you next. Any last words for anyone listening? Anyone listening at all? Anything you want to say to them? Keep listening. Hopefully, we will have a second issue. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I like that. Nice and wholesome and simple. (laughs) Speaking of the opposite of all those words, Alex, (laughs) Uh, do you you want to say anything final, anything uh, concluding to the internet before I send you guys on your merry way? Uh, Yeah, hi me when I listen to this later. (laughs) Yeah, uh, future Alex, thank you for liking our uh, podcast. (laughs) Appreciate it as always. (laughs) Thank you for downloading every single episode and making all those fake accounts so it seems like we're super popular. That's great. What do you mean we have 500 followers? What do you mean they're all Alex? (laughs) Alex 1, Alex 2, Alex 3. Truly a man who loves the sound of his own voice. Truly. Oh. Well, last but not least, the best of us, Matt. Any last words? Love you guys. Yes, as usual. And with that, with everyone having talking and said their final words, everyone important. <coughs> wait. <coughs> oh, sorry, that's my bad. <laughs> I'll just I'll just die over here. It's cool. Oh, fine, Seth. You can also talk to the internet if you want. Yay. Yeah. What do you want to say? Um, I have a lot of theories about what's going on in this game right now. Some of them mm. are just right fucking off the wall, and I would love to see other people's theories yeah cool nice that was good seth i'm sorry i almost skipped you <laughs> like legitimately no, it's cool i'm not even a person it's fine yeah i know you're not you're an actual snake but still yeah uh if you have any theories on the plot that i'm making up as i play as i run game then we would love to hear them and if you're interested in seth's theories or the theories of anyone else who's playing this game let us know and maybe we can record kind of like a side thing and release that where we just talk about the game for a little bit who knows let us know we will do it i promise we don't have lives <laughs> so i know i don't um hmm. yeah well on that note i think i'm done is everyone else done pretty done great let's punch out <laughs> cool <laughs> it's fine part one was uh what two hours part two was four it's great yeah <laughs> oh think of craig Poor Craig. Poor Craig. I stop when Craig stops. So, Sky, I'm here today to offer you an apprentice. An apprentice. 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 Blah. Blooper. Apprenticeship. <laughs> I'm here. To, mm, mm, uh, 
I'm here today to offer you a position as an unpaid intern. You're a superhero. You're a superhero. 